Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. This podcast is here to shake up the way you think about basically everything from health, beauty, entrepreneurship, and whether you're loving the newest trends. These ladies are here to prove that it's always better when salt and pepper come together. So here are your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. To so many people are wondering why God hasn't taken them anywhere. It's because they refuse to take the first step. Like it always starts messy, right? And God can move people when they are moving, but he cannot move the direction of somebody that refuses to take the first step. And we see in our day and age, people are so afraid to step out and we wonder why we feel stagnant. Hi, Shakers. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. My name is Olivia. I'm Lisa, and we are so excited about today's episode. You guys are not going to ever believe me. You don't trust me because I say almost every new guest that we've had lately, this is my new favorite episode. And I'm I'm not lying when I say this is one of my favorite conversations. She's like a positivity atomic bomb. Yeah, it just keep it just doesn't stop and yeah. it, it felt so like spirit filled too yeah. I love that um it's been a while since I feel like we've done more faith-based of an episode mm-hmm. and it was so good she has so much to say um did I say it's Elise no so we have Elise Murphy <laughs> on the show she is a speaker was entrepreneur she um she was a pastor pastor she's a pk yeah she goes all into that and she's all about vulnerability rawness realness i mean she's everything that you guys are looking for in our episodes so um we're just gonna do silver lining let's just do silver lining and just get right into the show so uh come on down all of you especially australians this episode you come you come on. You, you, you you come you, to america you come I, to america I, that's Your accent, your accent. Um, I have had had a scab on my nose. Oh boy! And it's been keeping me humble. I never know. I just never. Where is it? It's almost gone now. It's just just invisible. You're like I've had invisible. I wrote the silver lining like two weeks ago, and it's still scabbing up. But I just picked it off, so it should be fine. Great. Was that it? Yep. Okay. Um, my silver lining is um, the Met Gala and my commentary. It was so good. Thank you. Did you get so many I just messages? had people like sending like laughing faces. And then some <laughs> people were like, this was my favorite review of the Met Gala. And I just like, I don't tap into that part of myself a lot on social media. And I'm just like, I'm going to take an it. hour of my life and just review. I can't tell you they missed the mark. They didn't. Nobody understood the theme, number Mm. one, except for like Blake Lively. I'm pretty sure like three people did. And also, what are we doing with sunglasses on the red carpet? Like, where are we at in our world with this not being a thing? We probably see it more and more because more and more people are high as they show up. True. And Kylie Jenner's. The fact that I'm so sorry. The the just wearing an off white and why. To the Met Gala, a t-shirt with a baseball hat with a veil over. It literally looked like an eighties wedding gilded age. For them to have the access to the most beautiful of anything, she picks that, and then Kim picks Marilyn Monroe's dress. I'm like, 
I get that that was like a moment, but that had nothing to do with the theme. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I just have issues with most like events like that. I think it's, it's so pointless and stupid and makes me like to the extreme. Like yeah, classist. to the extreme extent makes me feel like I live in a first world country. Totally. But in like a really weird way. Like you don't even know yeah. what happens at the Met Gala. Like do they just go in and have. What? Wait, what do they have? Weird. What was that look? I don't know. They like, have dinner. They, they I know they have Is dinner. Is that it? I watch don't a movie, know. dinner and a movie. Maybe <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, people were telling me when I go to New York, they're like, "You have to go to the Met Gala." There's all these different looks, da, da, da. and I'm like, to be honest, like, I mean, maybe looks. to see it, like, they they go, like, you'll be able to see photos from every like red carpet that's been there, and I'm or just is like, it like, um, like it's like a museum. If I could see like the gowns and stuff, I would sure, love that. But I don't that. think. Well, if Kylie Jenner's gown is there, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, people look back on that. They're like. Ew, was that in 2022? I can tell. I can. That's what they used I, to dress gosh. like. So many. There were so many I could comment on that were just truly appalling. Um, but um, anyway, so uh, this episode was so good, filled with like light and positivity and grace. And I just feel like no matter where you're at in life right now, like just listen to this episode with an open heart and mind. And we really felt like she was speaking to someone. To and us. So this, <laughs> to yeah, someone, it was it's like to us, us individually. Um, but it really felt like it's specifically for one of you or multiple of you out there. So I'm excited to hear back on uh, what you guys thought about this episode. Please screenshot it and share it yeah. with someone because we already know it's going to be relatable to someone. Yeah. So uh, let's shake it up with Elise Murphy. I've heard that I've heard Oregon's stunning. I remember I was there for a um I've come there three times. I think one was Portland, one was Bend, and one was maybe Bend again, who knows? Um, for like a churches or conferences or something like that. So I did like people were lovely. What, what churches so did you was, go to? Do you remember? <laughs> this was all before pandemic. You're like Bend oh, is oh, Bend okay. Church, uh Portland. It's all a blur. Yeah. Like what even happened? Wait, so are you from Australia? I am from okay. Australia. I well was done, hoping that, that was your too. accident. Well, my well brother-in-law is Australian. And if you say, if you get like confused with New Zealand, why did I say it like that? New, New Zealand? Zealand? <laughs> New Zealand. It's like, like New Zealand. a no-go. It's like, you yeah, don't do that. It's kind of like that. Canada and America. Right. And so you know, I, like, I, I'd i be okay with people thinking I'm Canadian. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, I'm yeah. like, the wine in New Zealand is phenomenal. So I'm like, love that place. Also, the Lord of the Rings are from there. The well, right. Of, like, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I wasn't quite sure. Wait, so when did you move to the States then? I moved to the States about somewhere between eight and a half and nine and a half years ago we don't quite know we don't know okay. anything Aww. it's okay we don't know we don't we know, know a lot of things to yeah. be honest it's okay so i uh moved there yes yeah, so i moved from sydney and um from a place called the shire which ironically nothing to do with lord of the rings oh. nothing that, that is new zealand or however you say new it. zealand um, <laughs> new zealand and uh moved that so moved to los angeles and became a pastor at a church called oasis church with philip and holly wagner and um ended doing like a bunch of jobs there at that church like you do on stuff at a church and so was the executive pastor there and then in 2020 started doing some media stuff with a company called lightworkers founded by the touch by an angel Roma Downey. 
And then just felt like God called me into both. And so I hadn't really seen it done a lot where people were like in full-time ministry and doing media stuff. So I was like, yeah, I want to just, just why not just do it? So. I, I think we just had a moment where we all just collectively realized she doesn't know what Touched by the Angel is. No. Well, Touched by the Angel sounds like an expose. It's not. It's Touched it's by a, an Angel. It's a show. The, Touched by an Angel was a show in the 90s. Yet when you walk down the road. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a first generation American. I have no freaking idea Wait, what you guys are talking about. that show? was touched by the lord it changed to seventh life heaven? touched by an angel it was touched by the lord himself yes you know? no it's not so. seventh heaven that is blasphemous <laughs> no, no, touched by seventh heaven you guys seventh have a story heaven? about seventh heaven and i think we need to like say that story because i've never told like i will tell it today because i've been waiting to tell this seventh heaven story and well, no one ever wants to hear well about finally it. something i understand well, we, we we're, we've started so let's start <laughs> off with elise murphy i never knew i knew this is what happens to me all the time people are like Oh, I just started recording because you were talking. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm officially saying we are starting so I can hear your seventh heaven Okay, story. so Touched by an Angel, yes. Roma Downey, she was the original angel. She was Monica. And the whole idea of the show was that kind of like, you know, Law and Order SVU, but like less special victims-y, like where they would like go in and like solve crimes, where she would do it like for the Lord. With where the Holy people, Spirit. Yeah, with the Holy Spirit when yeah. you walk down the road, if you'd like to sing it again. I will later. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Um, so then like halfway through the show, she'd be like, they don't know she's an angel. They just think she's a human. And then like, she's like, I'm an angel of the Lord. Oh. And <laughs> she said Lord. it better than me, obviously, because she's Irish and all Scottish or Irish. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Um, and I'd be surprised if she did. Uh, yeah, she, yeah. She's, oh gosh, Scottish? I don't no, know. Irish. Hopefully someone tells us. Anyway, she's the best, but Seventh Heaven, I, I watched those two shows as a kid. So I'm classic pastor's kid. Like I knew all the Hillsong songs, but didn't know Justin, Be- Justin Bieber or Timberlake or any of the Spice Girls songs. Like it was fun in school for me, you know? But <laughs> Seventh Heaven, my dad, I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actress so bad. And my dad, we'd watch Seventh Heaven. And one day he goes, Elise, you should write a letter to the director <clears throat> as if, First of all, now having lived in Los Angeles, there's no just like one director for a show. <laughs> so I was like, I should, Dad. What do I say? I'm seven years old, seven, with just the imagination of just like a Broadway actress. And he's like, you should write a letter to the director and give him an idea for a show of the Australian exchange student coming to their house to live with them and you be the Australian exchange student. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on seventh heaven. I'm already winning. I'm already winning like an Emmy award in my head. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. So I get my coloring book out and I'm like, dear Mr. Director of seventh heaven. I love the blonde head boy. Also, I think I should be on your show. My dad mails it. And about a week later, I'm like, dad, the director never wrote back to me. And I remember my dad, he's such a preacher. Sits on his lap and he's like, Elise, here's what you need to understand. One day, the director of Seventh Heaven is going to go to his office and on his desk, there'll be a little letter from you. And he's going to open that letter one day and he's going to say, what a great idea. And you may know, you, you may never know when that's going to happen. It may happen next week. It may happen years down the track. But one day, if you believe it, I believe you're going to end up on Seventh Heaven. To this day, no one's ever called me like 
Is the show even still being made? I never heard about this. I, what? You should have been in it. It would have made the show better. I really feel like I could have added to the show. You know, if Jessica could do her thing, I really feel like I could have done mine, you know? And, and Lucy... That show was mixed messages because you kind of, like, was, thought it was Christian, but then there was, like, a lot of things that weren't super, super top-notch about the themes. It's kind of like show. how I got... It's like I got around the rule of, like, my parents wouldn't let me watch, like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or, like, other, like, shows like that. But I was like, Seventh Heaven's a Christian... They're a Christian family, Mom. It's Christian morals. But I would be watching it and I'm like, but they're also getting drunk and like probably sleeping around. Like definitely feel like there was like a pregnancy scare oh in there as well. Yeah, there was. I remember it. Yeah. Um, a couple things we some housekeeping. Um, she's Irish. She's Irish. Yeah, I looked it up for you. I knew that. Yeah. Did I say that? And I did. You, you said it first. You, yeah, yeah. And then the we'll second. We'll take out the Scottish part. Yeah, I'll just cut <laughs> just it for you. keep bleeping. It sounds like I'm swearing and every then, yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll send it to the director. Yes. Um, the second thing I want to say is the original voice of Mickey Mouse, just go with me here, um, called the Disney office and left voicemails. And that's how he became the voice of Mickey Mouse. So if he can do it, there was a chance you could have been on Seventh Heaven. So here's the thing. Your your dad had so much hope. We have hope. What, what TV show do you want to be on? Because we, if the collective three, three. of us start to leave voicemails, okay. yeah. I think we can do voicemails. it. Voicemails. Is that a thing anymore? Voicemails. All right. So you guys, um, I just finished watching Inventing Anna. That show's already been made. That's yeah. been and done. That's happened. Um, I really feel like I could add some stuff to All American. I don't know if you guys have I seen have the it. show. I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's on, I want to say CW. CW. And um, it's set in Los Angeles. Perfect. So I could totally Makes do that. it easier. And it's basically about um, this football team in Compton. And um, I would definitely <laughs> you'd, have you'd to get a lot of Yeah, there's, there's a good no place way for a white blonde girl. That I fit in that, in I that have, world. So I've got, that, what about H2O? The one about the mermaid, but oh, but show. as an adult, is that I don't know if they that's a, if that's offensive, but H two O. Where, where are, are they, they now? now? It's like a revisit, and you are the girl who was the mermaid. Honestly, I'm down. Also, any kind of High School Musical remake, well, of I'm course. There. You just want to see Zac Efron. I've already got my audition tape. Like, I need that can shot. We, can we add? Too. Can we um splice this up with the audition tape that she has? Um, well, can we add course. that in yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, okay, I'll send it to you I can do it for you right now we're all this together see, see we're just You're singing close. You're close. You're really close. you should mesh we're all in this together with the theme of touched by an angel we'll just do that's when, that's when I come in, in. I was waiting you for walk. you and we'll make a tiktok down this road. I used to listen to that album. It's iconic. Like, do you remember the episode? Yeah, where there's like a girl who's gonna get like assaulted, and then God comes in, and but he's like a lion. <laughs> and it, wait, like Aslan? What is this? Nanya? Maybe, but he like. Are you talking about? No, Nanya? I'm talking. You okay, talking here's the thing. Angel. Have you guys been emailing? And you're like, we're gonna play this joke on Lisa. No, it was and real. It was it, emotional. We're gonna talk about this TV show. It was emotional. She doesn't know anything. She doesn't know Christian music from the '90s. That's she your doesn't problem. Know TV shows. God's, God's gonna be a lion. There'll be an assault <laughs> victim happening. 
it god just shows up Irish and yeah wow. middle of compton we've we've covered a lot um, covered all the bases yeah and also and, nothing. And also, and also virtually no, nothing. This is the content that everyone has been looking for. Yes. They're like, we need a break from all social media and everything that's been going on politically. Yeah. At yeah. this point, there's nothing There's nothing better than going back to like your favorite shows as a kid and like reminiscing yeah. about Touched them. Touched by an Angel is number listen. one right up there. Not for you because you thought it was Touched by the Angel. That sounds... But no, why does adding the in there make it sound like really inappropriate? So creepy. <laughs> Just like it does sound it like an episode really of changes things. It does. A to the Who, who's or an, who? Olivia Benson, Detective Benson on touched by <laughs> the angel. On getting touched by the angel. No, <laughs> too much, too much, guys. Speaking this of cult. is too much. I know, seriously. Um, oh my so, gosh. That, okay, I'm not getting into it. Okay, so what, what else? else? What I, else I'm, do you like, ask me? I don't know what's happening. Catch up with What's up, everybody? We're Blair and Luke Fry. And you can tune in every Friday to our podcast. Catch up with the Fries. We met through a Bachelorette spinoff dating show called The Blairette. And now we're married, traveling the world together, and sharing our journey along the way. Luke is a travel nurse by day, musician by night. And Blair is a full-time content creator. So right now, we're super blessed to both do what we love and see the world while we do it. Every Friday, you can catch up with us as we share our latest travel adventures, have real and raw conversations with one another, share more about our faith, and just have fun. Our goal is to put a smile on your face and help kickstart your weekend. So if you need a little pick-me-up with your new favorite weirdos, head to the link in today's episode show notes, and you can catch up with with the the fries. So you're... Elise Murphy. Thank you for being on. Thank, Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we would love it if you could just introduce yourself. Oh, like a weensy bit, a little synopsis of of what you do and who you are, other than wanting all the yeah. other stuff we just said. We I actually understood have, all that. I have her synopsis. Oh, oh, okay. I have something of a synopsis. Can okay, I go Lisa over can, it? Lisa can do it. So you do, uh, you do many things other than like a actual comedian I am like shocked by how so funny you are um okay so you host Lightworkers. um you've co-created two brands is it Amare X or is Amare X Amare X yeah that's okay. the that's the ambassador affiliate program with the mental wellness company okay yeah. and then um club devotion and on top of that you're a speaker so I I yes, was curious if you were to describe yourself in one word or like a short phrase, what would you say? A lot. Wait, one word? Okay. Um, I would say I feel like, okay, no, it's never going to be short. So first <laughs> of all, you can't ask me to do it in a short phrase. If I had to describe myself, it would probably be with two words. Why not? I think my whole life um, growing up in church as a pastor's kid, as much as we were like joking around all that kind of stuff, I've always had a very real relationship with Jesus. And I have always had a really close relationship with him. And at the same time, I have always been a very curious human being like just, and that got myself into some precarious situations growing up that I was never trying to be a rebel. I was just always like, life should be fun. Yeah. Like, and then now I have the biblical basis to back it up, John 10, 10, but 
like growing up, I always just felt like, why not? Like, why not say yes to something? Why not try something? Why not live the life that you dream of rather than like fitting into a mold that you're feel like you're supposed to fit into. And it's taken me on a lot of different like journeys, some good, some bad, some ugly. All of it is part of my story. All of it has made me who I am today. I'm kind of grateful for all of it, but it is definitely, I feel like my life has been a bit of a roller coaster with just those like crazy 90 degree turns that you're like, whoa, okay, we're going this way now. So I don't know. Does that answer any? Yeah, any no, it does. And I wanted to say you're in really good company. Um, <laughs> I saw in one of your bios that you're an accidental oversharer. Oh, 100%. and uh, we're purposeful oversharers. So we 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 love that. that. Yeah, we we're in the practice of it, and even more so lately. And so, like, what we love to provide as far as content is so similar to what you do as a speaker and with Club Devotion. I mean, wanting to make sure there's no shame in like who we are and what we do, especially in Christ, but also just like, yeah. hey, it happens. Like, own up to it, and own it and that's a part of your story and that's okay and so making sure that we are like building communities where everyone it's it's not just like being accepted but it's like it's okay like that's fine to feel how you're feeling and to be where you're at it's like what do you do with that and so you said like you Mm -hmm. have this background I don't know what that means like you know the crazy things that you've gone through or so what what got you to a point of like you want to be a go-getter like is that a natural thing for you are you naturally motivational is it like you talked about your dad like hey let's do this one thing like what's the backup of that I think I'm a natural um I think it's the partnership between curiosity um and storytelling I've always been obsessed with words um and the way that they can communicate something totally different depending on how you put them together and I think that I've always been the girl with the story that like takes three courses of the meal to tell the one story. Cause I have to tell you everything on the way to it. And we'll have a great time, but we're probably not going to cover like a bunch of stuff. Once I got like, once I get started telling a story, people, my friends make fun of me all the time when they're like, Elise, your story has been going on for half an hour and we're with you. We're in it. But like, normally this story could go for 30 seconds. And I'm like, I know just go with me as well. But <laughs> I think growing up the way I did, um, it's not that I was like a go-getter, I think I've always walked into rooms because I didn't know I wasn't meant to. Um, And what I mean by that is I think a lot of us get caught up in apologizing for the door that God opened so much so that we miss the opportunity to actually walk through it. And so we walk into rooms apologizing for being there rather than knowing that we've been given the authority to step in those rooms because God's called us to those people, to those places, to those things. And we can allow shame to silence us because shame has that voice that says, if they really knew you, It says if they really knew what you did, if they really knew what you thought or where you've been or who you've been with, then they would never actually listen to what you have to say. When what I've learned is the reason people want to listen to what I have to say is because I just tell them. And so what shame would want to tell us is actually the straitjacket that stops us connecting with people anyway. We live in a world that is so desperate for connection and yet so afraid of it right? We're so afraid of being seen. But when we ask each other, what do we really want? I just want someone to see me. I want someone to know me. I I want someone to be with me. And that was the whole purpose of what God created in the very beginning before sin and therefore shame came in. And so if we can take the shame off things, 
suddenly there's grace instead. And when grace is there, you boast in your story. You boast in the good, the bad, and the ugly because it's all led you to where you are today. And I think the enemy's whole job could be summed up with either keeping us silent or keeping us back in the shame um, cycle of sin. And so when you can get free of those things, when you can get loud with your voice, you start to own your voice. You start to realize not only is that voice getting you free because God has set you free, but that voice is now a megaphone to other women, to other people that have been through the very same thing that are caught in their own shame cycles of silence that feel suffocated by their own cycles. And you get to help them be free and say, not only has God freed me, not only is there grace for me, there's grace for you. And not only is there grace for you to be free, there's grace for you to be heard. Mm. Um, and I don't know. I've just, once yeah. I started realizing that, I just started getting passionate about helping other women walk into a room, not only with their head high, but their voice loud. Uh, you just had something click for me and I'm a verbal processor. So it's kind of just now it's all moving. Um, <clears throat> what you were saying, okay, you were saying something about um, uh, people trying to silence you and ultimately the enemy trying to silence you and everyone actually wants to be known. Um. And, and one thing that I really realized, um, I don't know if this is universal or if it's just my case, but I remember like always getting made fun of for like being more, if I wanted to be more boisterous or if I wanted to be seen or if I wanted to be known. And um, that's like one thing like in my culture, I think like standing out and being different are like bad things. Like you're supposed to like be a sheep, like look like everyone else, be like everyone else. I think we can see this in the Christian community. Like if you're like going yes. a little too like on the outskirts, it's like too much, but be yourself, but also be one of us. Because um, like Jesus only looks a certain way and does things a certain way. And we totally get that wrong. Like what you are describing about Jesus right now is like, well, he was hanging out with people that were questionable. And Jesus wouldn't have been accepted in today's society by a lot of Christians. And people don't want to accept that. We don't want to accept the fact that, like, if we were living in Jesus' society, that we would be the ones judging him for who he's hanging out with and who he's with. And I think what I'm just now realizing with all of that is um, the judgment and the shame that people can put onto us is only because they are afraid of like what's inside of them and you're speaking it out and they're afraid of other people knowing that that's happening to them and so I think it's really mm -hmm. cool that you're speaking out about about those things and being honest and real and vulnerable and ultimately like yeah. it's you know like I feel like we at first with our podcast we got made fun of all the time not all the time but people were like oh you started a podcast and like you're talking about all these like you're talking about everything and like they'll kind of bring things up and trying to shame us to a certain extent or like make fun of us and then those same people can come back to us and be like yeah so I was going through that too I'm like yeah I could have I could have figured that like everyone just wants to be known and be seen and yet everyone is afraid of using their voice to be heard and to be seen. I think that you've touched on so many important things that I am so passionate about because I think it is so easy to critique something you're not a part of. And we all know the dad that used to be in football that now sits at the bar every weekend 
like making fun of the football players on the field, making the millions of dollars. And he's like, well, I would have caught that ball. Yeah, bro, you're not, man. So get yourself another beer and calm down. Like, well, there are so many people that want to critique something that they actually secretly want to be a part of. And what we do is if we can't, if we, if we're not doing something that we actually feel jealous of somebody else, or we want to critique them. What do you think has happened in the last couple of years? When I stepped off, I came off full-time, a full-time church ministry as an executive pastor, executive director at a church, um, a very well-known church and a church I love because I felt like God was calling me into media. And then I started creating businesses and coaching women, like the amount of crap that has been said behind my back, in front of my back. Well, that's in front of my face, I guess, but like online people creating fake accounts. Like I've literally seen it all. And I think that God allowed me to see every kind of criticism over the last couple of years so that I would quickly be okay with the critical voices that don't actually know my heart. Because at the end of the day, um, when uh, Samuel, I believe it was, that said to, uh, no, 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 the whatever, Jesse. Yeah. Samuel, the prophet said to Jesse, David's dad in the old Testament, he said, Hey, everyone else is looking at the outer appearance, but God's looking at the heart. But we often feel like that as like, Oh no, if someone sees my heart, Oh, we're all wicked and the worst. I think that maybe we flip it on its head and say like, yeah, y'all are getting critiqued because you're doing a podcast. You're doing what God asked you to do. There's going to be a lot of people that misunderstand you. There's going to be a lot of episodes that are taken out of context. There's going to be a lot of people that see my price tags or see the businesses I'm creating or the messages I'm bringing out of context. And suddenly we feel like people are completely misunderstanding us. Why? Because they see the outside appearance. They see the out of context. They see the comparison, the, the filter that they see, the shame that they're still stuck in, the silence that they're still facing, the jealousy because you're doing something that they could have done but mm. didn't. And God's saying, hey, I'm seeing your heart because you said yes. And it is really easy to criticize the method and the message of somebody else that said yes, because you didn't. And there are so many people in our world, in our cancel culture, in our comparison, in our all the things that want to pull everybody down for rising too high. When I wish that we could all just say, like as cliche as it sounds, hey, fam, like you get to rise too if you would just say yes, but God can't use someone that's not moving. He can only redirect someone that's already in motion. So, so many people are wondering why God hasn't taken them anywhere. It's because they refuse to take the first step. And the first step looks like a messy business plan, a messy podcast, a messy, like it always starts messy, right? And God can move people when they are moving, but he cannot move the direction of somebody that refuses mm, to take the first yeah. step. And we see in our day and age, people are so afraid to step out and we wonder why we mm. feel stagnant. Yeah, I mean, Lisa knows. <laughs> like, I was like, this is you, right? <laughs> yeah, well, because I mean, right. even what you said at the beginning where you stepped into a room that you weren't supposed to, like you weren't supposed to be in. And, and the fact that that's like even a narrative that, for the most part, women, like our stories have been written for yes. us as women for thousands of years since the, the beginning of time. And of course, God has used us in our own way. But because of society, we've been put in a place that has held on for a very, very long time. I mean, even thinking in the 60s was right when women really started working. That's like not that long yeah. ago. So, of course, the right. pendulum can swing like really hardcore, which can be dangerous in many ways. But it's like 
as women, especially, and as Christian women, taking that step into saying, like, we just, we literally just did an episode right before this, um, talking about pre-30 anxiety and how she got married and had kids young. So now she's pursuing her dreams now. And I still like live at home, don't have kids and I'm not married. And I'm like, should I have done that? And it's like this really weird contrast of like, we're told as Christian women, you know, well, once you're 30, you know, time's ticking and like, what's going on? And then you think like, well, should I be doing this? Or I even had someone say to me the other day, like, well, you can work as a mom, but like, it's going to be really challenging for you to do that. And I'm like, no one's telling that to you though. And of course it's a team situation and some women want to stay at home and that's a beautiful thing. Um, But like you said, you have to take that step. I mean, I tell everybody, I don't want to hear about what you're doing until you've been doing it for three months and then talk to me about it because you need to take that step and you need to like you don't always have to wait to hear God's audible voice telling you to do something sometimes he's given you the free will and the ability to just do it so you do it the amount of times we use prayer as a cover for procrastination is ridiculous I know good pull that audio oh my gosh like that is insane to me the amount of time I just gotta go pray about this like what are you praying about let me just (laughs) What are you do praying it. about? Should God it, wants you to take Shouldn't you already be praying? Something. Shouldn't you already be praying that God is directing you and putting things in your path and he's allowing you to say yes and no to things? He's not like, well, did you ask me? He's just going to take it away from you if you don't need to be doing it or he's going to tell you. That is that when I wrote I wrote a book called Confessions of a Church Kid a million years ago. I have the rights to it again because I'm republishing it because I have like the real confessions now. Um, I wrote it when I was like 21, but people used to always get mad at me and like secretly mm-hmm. mad. They don't tell you it's church, you know, God right. bless you, you know, but they were like, like, how did you write a book and get it published so young? Like, what do you have to say? Or like, what do you feel like you have to say? You know, yeah. they say it like that too. It's really sweet. Like, what do you feel like God was saying in that? I'm like, okay, first of all, take the croak out of your <laughs> voice. It's a lot. But also the thing is, is that I started writing a book not to write a book. I, ac- I accidentally fell into these things and fell into these rooms and had to find my feet while I was in the rooms and doing them. I had an outline for a book that my dad had drafted up for me because I was starting to write stories because I was preaching so much. I always knew I had an illustration for this from my life, but I could never think of it at the moment. So I literally started writing stories about my life, things that made me happy, mad, and sad. And I'm in America on a preaching trip with my parents. My mom's signing a publishing contract. They look at me and literally say, we want to publish you. Do you have a book? I went to say no. And my dad said, yep, she's still finishing it right now, but she has one. Thank God, God will use someone else sometimes in some seasons to say yes, even when you're about to say no. And so I went home and wrote the book. So people were like, what did you feel like you had to say? I'm like, I didn't. Like I said yes and was obedient to an opportunity that presented itself. What if I had said, can I pray about this for a couple of months? I would have freaked myself out. Some of us pray ourselves out of God's will in our life because we're actually just giving God a monologue of all the reasons like Moses, why we can't do something. And I wonder if sometimes God's just like, all right, fine. All right, cool. That's fine. So I'm starting to write this book before I can get an ego with the fact that I'm writing a book in my early twenties. God says to me one day, he says, Elise, you were not the first person I asked to write this book. You were the third. You were the first one to say yes. 
It was one of the clearest times I've ever felt just in myself, not an audible voice, just knowing that that was God speaking to me so that I would know at least your yes is more important than your skill. And sometimes we feel like we have to get our skill. Or we have to, I just posted a reel about this yesterday. Are you waiting for permission or are you waiting for validation? Because so many times we're like, well, no one's opened the door for me. Well, build a table, open your own door, ask God what the strategy is, because guess what? The strategy isn't what somebody else is doing. God already gave them that strategy. He has a new strategy for you because you have different experiences and a different audience and a different, whatever the goal or dream that he has put in your life, he has a strategy for you, but we're so scared to take the first step. We'll never see the strategy because we refuse to get moving. And we have to come to a point where we say, God, if you have opened this door, I will not do you a disservice by walking through it, either apologizing or giving excuses why I should like go to a different room, like allow God to, to put you somewhere and then be faithful with what he's given you. Even if it looks small, even if other people are making fun of you, because those same people that are making fun of you now will be asking how you did it later. You just wait long and, enough. And it's like, it's not only, it's just saying yes. That's literally all that he's asking from you. Cause just like Moses, I mean, Moses had all of these excuses as to why he shouldn't go and God was like, okay, I'll, I'll surround you with the people. I'll give you Aaron. If, if you're worried about that, which I wasn't, I'll, I'll like give you someone to give you, like he builds people around you, but that's what faith is. It's not like being perfect and doing things the right way. It's your, your business is going to be messy when you start off. You, you're, when mm-hmm. you have a kid, you think, you think, you know what it's going to look like. And you have literally no idea. You're like, oh no, I'm like yeah. such a bad mom honestly you're not like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing and honestly like god knows like you're not going to be this perfect mom or a perfect dad or a perfect business owner you're not going to be a perfect christian i mean i think that's where a lot of like judgment is really annoying to me in the christian church i'm like can we just take a look back at the bible and who the lord used like the people with the messiest situations are being used for the lord's purpose and we tend to forget that and we can judge them and say like you're doing all these things you're you're being an awful person or whatever it is you're you're a bad christian well you know what good christians what does that even mean and are they are they on a high horse probably they're thinking that they're doing right. everything better and that they're doing all the right things. I think that God sees us messing up and he's like, yeah, that's going to happen. There's sin in the world. And what are you going to do with that? That's the thing, isn't it? Is the whenever Paul talked about whether he's talking about the fruits of the spirit or the fruits of the flesh, flesh being just like a fancy word he used for like our sinful default nature, right? He, what he was saying was he wasn't giving us these lists, which good Lord, first of all, that list in Galatians five that he gives of the fruits of the spirit, but before he does, he gives the fruits of the flesh. There are more sins listed in there that we are comfortable with in the church than the ones we want to put up on the pedestal of that'll cancel you. So we want to put up the sexual immorality, the drunkenness, the like, blah, 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 whatever suits us on that day and age of like, what's the real bad sin as if there was a hierarchy when there's not. Um, Do you know most of that list is things like gossiping and jealousy and fractions and strife and in my translation, cancel culture in comparison and not helping somebody when they're starting something new, but making fun of them and wishing bad on someone. All of that, I literally have it open here because it's in here is all of the things that he is talking about. Most of those things are things that unfortunately we have become comfortable with in our own Western evangelical society 
when what he was saying was, Hey man, like, yeah, there are those other things that you're aware of, but there is so much more inside here that should point to Jesus and say, Hey, we're all going to stumble. Just don't make your stumbling your whole choreography, Mm -hmm. like get back up again, just make stumbling a part of it. Don't make it your whole pace. When we talk about this walk with God, And that's the thing is that us as Christians, it's not that we're not going to stumble. We're not going to be known as people that stayed down. And so in a sense, that's the reason I like to talk about um, at times, and I don't bleed over people as well. Cause you got those people too, that are just going to bleed over everyone. You're like, Hey man, maybe get some therapy. I don't know. Like, I'm sorry that your wife left you, but like, maybe you shouldn't say that like in public yet. I don't know. It was yesterday. Like show people your bruises, but you don't have to bleed all over people, but those bruises show people what you've come through and survived what you've come through with the grace of God. In 2017, I went through a divorce, um, was married, thought I found my promise forever had romanticized. I mean, honestly, if I could decide that I was going to be on seventh heaven as a kid, I could absolutely romanticize what my marriage was going to be like. Cause in church, we teach people like women that your ministry starts and you get married. Yeah. You guys know, uh, that's a life from the pit of hell. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I really was like, oh my gosh, I'm marrying like the hot worship leader. It's going to be the best thing ever. And on our honeymoon stuff started unraveling and we were married for less than a year. And in my world, public ministry, trying to be a female in ministry, uh, that is healthy physically. I don't know how else to put it. Where's makeup, likes fashion. But then you add the word divorce to my story. Um, what do you do in those seasons in life where something you thought would never be a part of your story feels like it's going to be the title of your book, if that makes mm. sense. And I was faced with that. And that is one of the reasons I believe that God taught me as a little girl about how powerful my confession was, let alone writing a book called Confessions of a Church Kid. I was always honest. And I found out from a young age, I was preaching since I was 16 years old, whether it was with a connect group or like on stage, right? Like it didn't matter. I just loved God and wanted to talk to people. But I often found out that what people would call oversharing was just Mm -hmm. honesty, but it unlocked the permission in someone else to be honest as well. And as I think that God taught me that as a little girl, so that, and later on in life, when I'm facing things like divorce in ministry or feeling like God has asked me to hang out with these people when everybody else, like they looked at Jesus, were like, oh my gosh, how could like he be doing that? Doesn't he know they're sinners or leaving full-time ministry to do things that other people might be like, oh my gosh, are you even a Christian? Yes, I am fam. Like so much of that God taught me as a little girl just to be honest and understand that some people are going to misunderstand you, but the ones he needs to hear the message, that's who it's for anyway. And the the people in the game aren't doing it for the critics in the stand. They're doing it for the people that want to feel like they're in the Mm -hmm. team as well. And so in the same way, you're always going to have people that misunderstand you. You're always going to feel messy and I think that's part of grace, isn't it? Because if you knew exactly how to be a mom, why would you need to be dependent on God? If you knew exactly that your path was, I was always meant to live at home. And then I was always meant to have this path and like trying to figure it all out and have career before family, or is it family before career? There is no formula to faith. Otherwise we take God out of faith. And if God gave us a formula, whether it was family first and then business or ministry first and then family then as human nature, 
we wouldn't go to God. If we have a formula, we go and do it independent of the person that gave us the formula. Faith in and of itself is I'm going to take a step and then go back to my relationship because he'll give me the next step. Then I take another step and then I go back to God and he gives me the next step. That, that's, that's faith. All right, Shakers. So Danielle and Kaylee, the founders of Clear Stem Skincare, have been so generous and have offered our Shakers 20% off any of their skincare on their website, clearstemcare.com. There you'll be able to find all of the amazing products we were talking about on our episode with Kaylee and Danielle. Um, our favorites right now are the Hydroglow Stem Cell Moisturizer and their Collagen Stem Cell Serum. Um, you can also look into their new brush on mineral sunscreen, which is SPF 50, which is crazy and is perfect for summer coming up. Um, I actually cannot wait to just keep that in my bag and brush it on when I need it. Um, especially because a lot of us are going to be out and about going to weddings, just being outside. And because your sunscreen doesn't last throughout the day, this is the perfect opportunity to just have something quick and easy. So if you are ready to get on a new clean skincare regimen without all of those gross unknown ingredients and with just a few products, head to clearstemcare.com and invest in products that will seriously change your life. Um, You will be able to use the code salt and pepper for 20% off your total purchase. That's the code salt and pepper for 20% off. So don't walk, run, and head to clearstemcare.com to learn more and to shop. You can also head to the show notes below. So I think that's it. Let's get back into it. Yeah, and I think we always. Sorry, I talked. No, 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 that's amazing. Yeah, I think that especially as Christians, we do put certain weight on things. Like we look at somebody and they like, well, you're a missionary, so that just means you're like the best Christian there ever was, Mm -hmm. you know, or Mm -hmm. like you're an. You're like, wow, you really stepped out in faith. Um, And then it's the same with like, yeah, being in ministry. And obviously these things aren't wrong, but, you know, I I have seen people that are just like, yeah, I'm going to go do this, this and this. Like, I'm going to the Ukraine. Like, you come with me. And I'm like that's not where I'm at not that I wouldn't do it but that's not where I'm at but like what you're doing is amazing but it's this attitude not behind all of them but but behind a lot of people where it's like well you're just going to stay in your comfortable bubble in the United States and da 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 and it's like oh for sure yeah I am because I'm trying to reach people with my podcast or with other things that I'm doing and that doesn't mean I'm less than a Christian it means that there's actual ministry to be doing in my neighborhood as well as in like the greater parts of the world you know in the same way that you're you're not everyone's not supposed to be called to ministry like <laughs> right. o- only people who are called literally only if you're called into ministry go into ministry other than that what do is not ministry so what is what is ministry the commission that jesus gave people was go and make disciples. wherever you're at what is go Whatever God's called you to do, wherever the grace is for you. If everyone was inside the four walls of church in church ministry as a Christian, guess what? No one's being reached. He said, go to Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Are you going to Judea? Are you going to your Samaria? What's your Samaria? Mm -hmm. What's your ends of the earth? 
For some people in 2022, ends of the earth is on the internet, is on YouTube, is in the viral world that got the amount of friends that I have that said yes to God and put a clip on TikTok that went viral and now have these whole audiences they never would have had. But then somebody else, if you have in your mind that this method is the method, then you are completely missing the point of the gospel because the gospel was meet Jesus, then bring other people along, go wherever your lane is, whatever your pace is, whatever your age is, whatever your stage of life is everyone everywhere needs to meet jesus and that is not going to happen if we're all doing the same thing like that i sound angry i'm not angry no that's so good i mean that's yeah i mean that that could not be more relatable it's it's so funny because um i mean it it's it's like yeah it takes a it's the whole ministry thing like to be in the church or to you know to be a missionary like to be like doing these special missions like for god and it's like literally wherever you're at is like a special mission for god like you're not supposed to just like oh i'm a christian now i'm supposed to like move to siberia oh my gosh i have to go plant a church in siberia i have to go to russia we don't need yeah we don't need any more like white savior complexes going to like some kind of place no. that they have no idea of the culture trying to save them. Like be, what did Jesus say? Love exactly. Neighbor. And then somebody came along and said, who's my neighbor? And he told a story about a parable about the good Samaritan, which by the way, the good Samaritan was good. And he did so many great things. I'm not about to come and ruin anyone's theology. Calm down. But like what he did was he stopped what he was doing, was able to see the need, used what he had took him to somebody else, delegated that season when he couldn't be there face-to-face. He didn't stay with him the whole time. He had things that he also was still on mission to go and do, but he was able to be interrupted along the mission along the way because the mission doesn't change. Go and make disciples. But whoever that is today is your neighbor. What Jesus was saying to us was your neighbor is the one that you don't want it to be. So (laughs) your neighbor is maybe your apartment complex upstairs that always want to put music on at 2 a.m., and they just like it's like they want me to be awake with them at three. Like that you unfortunately over. is literally. I'm about to call them over with like baseball <laughs> bat if that happens one more time. Honestly, I'm a work in progress too. But like what I'm trying to say is getting distracted. Is that your neighbor? What Jesus was saying is your neighbor. If if you hate, if you think YouTube's ridiculous and people on podcasts, which you're probably not listening to this, if like you do, but like. If you're that person, then your neighbor who God's calling you to be kind to is probably someone doing that. If right now, like there is a family member that there is crisis with and that there seems to be some kind of butting heads, your neighbor is your family. If your neighbor is that boss at work that clearly is going through a relationship situation because she's taken it out on everyone else, it's like, hey, can you go and take her out for a coffee? Can you go and bring her a coffee? Can you like, it's the little things every single day that show whether we actually love God. It is not the going to the literal ends of the earth if that is not what God has called you to well, do. Well, and I, I think too, it's like if if you aren't a missionary or in ministry, you think, well, I'm just going to stay here and be comfortable. But then also it's like being right. called to be so uncomfortable. Like everything you were saying earlier, it's like, you know how many times I've said yes to jobs? Literally before I even like owned a camera, I said, sure, I'll film your wedding. You know, like, yep, 
okay you know and it's like figuring out not only in business but sometimes in relationships or friendships it's being uncomfortable it's doing the things you do not want to do all the time like I don't think people understand living at home with my mom is not what I would like to be not that I don't love my mom but like that is (laughs) you don't want to be living at home with your mom like like 30 but you know like being uncomfortable making sacrifices doing things out of your comfort zone is what changes the world whether you are a Christian or not, you have to do things that are outside of your, like the blinders. You need to take your blinders off and understand there's a lot going on and you can make an impact by making a TikTok or a podcast or, you know, ministering to the person at work that you, you know, being, being a mom, a mom yeah. Like being a science anything. teacher, being the lawyer and bringing justice. Like that, that's what's so crazy to me is that, um, doing what God says is different for every single person. For some people it's staying. And for some people it's flying from Sydney to Australia, never having lived outside my parents' home at the time. And then for some, some people it is like, that's why there has been different seasons in my life where God has said move. And that's been the uncomfortable thing. And there has been seasons where it has been even more uncomfortable when he said, stay, Mm -hmm. when he said, don't leave, don't move. Can you stay faithful in our day and age where commitment and I'm aware, I was just talking about my divorce. Like I've never believed in marriage more than I do in this season in, in my life when I'm between, between marriages. That sounds real weird. Don't take that one out of context. Make sure you yeah, guys. I Anyway. Um, but like when you're between things and so it's like, I prayed for God to save my marriage every single day. And he spoke to me after my marriage. And I was like, God, why didn't you save my marriage? And he said, at least I ended up saving you from your marriage. And so God knows what's best for us. And I would have given anything in the world for God to save my marriage, but I couldn't see what I can see today. And so when you don't see, like we don't have immediate hindsight, that is not a superpower that the Holy Spirit has given us all the time. Some people, they have a gift of prophecy, whatever. But like, I really believe that there are going to be seasons where you don't actually understand why God's asking you to do something, but that doesn't mean that you don't trust what he's asking you to do. And that's why he gives us the Holy spirit, which gives us the peace because sometimes it's the easy decision. And sometimes it's the hard decision. Don't base your decision on if it's easy or difficult, base it on the peace of God that you have when you're making the decision. My youth leader, when I was a kid, used to tell me all the time, at least let peace be your umpire. Let peace be the referee in your decision and sit still long enough for God to give you the peace on whatever the decision is that you're making and go with the peace because you never regret going Mm -hmm. with peace. Yeah, you said that in one of your like lives you were doing that. If you feel like you don't hear from God a lot, it's because you have peace where you're at or something like that. But that like really resonated with me because I don't really hear like the audible voice of God a lot. I don't feel that. And I think it's just because I feel so certain that I'm supposed to Mm -hmm. be here in these moments. Like there was only, there's only ever been a couple times where I felt God say like move, you know, and it's very like, all right, you like it's time, you know, and it's. I like that you said that because I don't believe that God says move every day. No. Like you're gonna move a t- tree every single day. That guy's not gonna grow. Yeah, never. right. But you have to replant him if he wants to grow in a new season. If he's had everything he can, but that doesn't mean you move him every week. Like I don't believe you should feel that God tells you to move every single week. There should just be a couple of times in your life where God's like, "Hey, it's time uh-huh. to replant." Right. You know? Yeah. In this last season, um, 
yeah, like everything that you're saying, I've I've been so frustrated because I'm like, okay, God, like, what is it? Like, what's the thing? Like, where are we going? And I love change. I love change. Do you hear that? I love I, it. And I hate change. I love change. I'm like, give me something new. Give me something exciting. I want something different. Like, this is not, I was actually supposed to move to Melbourne, Melbourne when I was getting married. We were supposed to plant a church there. Um, I thought like, I thought my kids. I have so many questions. I have so many questions now. Uh, like, my, okay, good. Because that was my hope. Um, <laughs> uh, we ended up staying in Oregon. I grew up in Portland and I'm like, no, absolutely not. Amazing. And you're like, I'm going to go to Australia and God's like, yeah, you're staying, you're staying in Oregon. Oh, and you're actually going to live with your family, which you didn't want to. You're going to, oh, all of your in-laws are going to move back. And you're living in Southern Oregon, which is a small town, and you wanted to live in like the one of the most diverse cities in the world. And I'm like, nope, not doing that. In the next morning, I woke up and I had so much peace. And I'm like, this transcends anything that is inside of my body and who I am, but I see you in it. And in this recent season, I've been feeling like he's doing something different, like he's moving or whatever it is. I'm like, oh my gosh, change, change is coming. And I, I'm silence. It's radio silence. I don't hear anything. And then I had a friend give me a word. They're like, you're exactly where you need to be. I'm like, no, this is hard. Like I am in a hard season. This is not easy. Like well, the change my, comes my, from the perseverance. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so the Lord, and it's funny because after that, I'm like, no, that can't be it. And then I had another friend and they're like, Hey, just so you know, like you're exactly where you're supposed to be. I'm like, go. No, that's hard. Like this is a hard season. Like the Lord is just preparing me and he's like doing so much in the perseverance, in the endurance of like where I'm at because I'm not seeing the results that I want. And it's worldly things. It's not like what the Lord is doing in me. That's not what I'm disappointed in. I'm disappointed in when I think about the world and I'm thinking about comparison, like I wish my my marriage looked like that. Or I'm seeing other people get divorced and I'm like, it's over smaller things than like things that I could be going through. And then it's remembering like, oh, my husband will remind me. He's like, us being together and our kids seeing that is like showing them so much of Jesus. And I'm like, that is crazy. You have no idea. We will never know until heaven the um, result of the decisions we don't even realize we're making on a daily basis. Girl, the amount of times in my divorce, I looked at other couples and I was like, she's so much more of a, <laughs> oh, word, I went down here, than I am. And he left me, like, I was so mad. I was like, she's the worst, but I can't keep him out. I'm not like an angel. Like, I'm basically Monica from Touched by an Angel, <laughs> yeah. not the angel. And like, I would get so mad because... I've never gone down a spiral of comparison and felt good afterwards, mm. first of all. But when when we just talked about God has a race for you and a lane for you, and yet we always want to judge, we always want to compare to, we always want to play one against the other with the lives we're not living. Like you just said it perfectly before of like the, I wondered if I should be a mom. Like, should I have done things differently? You won't know. And there's a grace on that. If you'll accept the grace Bible talks about how God will give us a peace that goes beyond understanding. God gives us um, 
we want the answers to our questions and God's like, how about some peace? And for a while, we're like, yeah, man, I will for sure take that peace. And when you've had peace for a while, then that itch for the, for the answers starts coming back. And then you wonder why your peace starts leaving you because God says that peace transcends understanding. It's like him saying, I've given you today life and death, choose life. I'm giving you peace or understanding, choose peace, choose peace. Stop asking the questions about things you have no business asking about. And I'm saying preaching to myself because that is our human nature is to say, but God, I want change. And he's like, but I need you to stay and you won't know for a while, but I need you to be okay. Um, even when it feels like groundhog day, like I'm doing something and God will often prepare us prepare the place for his people before he sends his people there he created the garden of eden before he ever put anyone in it he has had the promised land there before he ever allowed the israelites to enter it and he has that next season for you somewhere else but he'll always prepare the place and we're so impatient as humans that we don't mind if we're in the place and god prepares it for us until you go to a place that is not Mm -hmm. being prepared for you you ever walked into a house that wasn't ready for you to enter and you're like this is so awkward like i just they're running around (laughs) and God doesn't want that. He wants the table set for you when you walk mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, I mean, people underestimate like the value of um, a foundation and building a foundation. And I see that a lot in the wow. Christian community. Um, my boyfriend and I have been together for nine years and we aren't married, which is like an anomaly. And we're abstinent, which is even more of an anomaly. And Unfortunately, even in the church, people don't believe her. Yeah, it's everyone like, just tells me I'm having heck? sex, so it's fine. I did my marriage right. I did my, I didn't, like, I wasn't a virgin when I got married, um, but I I did like I didn't have sex with my husband until we got married. So that was one of my complaints to God. I was like, we did it right, man. People didn't even believe yeah. us. My pasta was like, but come on, did you guys? Oh, we did we, it. We get that all the time. Yeah. People, people like go to other people that don't even know me and be like, yeah, they're totally having sex. I'm like, if that's what gets you through the night thinking about my sex life, then like go for it, weirdo. Right. Um, that's what gets me through the but, night. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's like building the foundation of a relationship before you get married, married, building the foundation of your marriage before you have kids, building the foundation that's of right. finances before you buy a home, building the finance, you know, foundation of a business before you expand like there are so many things where God is just saying hold just hold on you know I have always just been I've always felt that like not yet and I'm always like cool like and and it's not like you know what the foundation is and and I think that's another thing that people get so hung up on I'm going to pray about it I'm going to wait I'm going to wait until it's all perfect and it's all lined up but you don't know what the foundation is. There could already be a foundation and you look at it and you're like, that's not a foundation. And he's like, yeah, it is. I worked so hard at this. Like other people have been preparing this for you. Or like what you said, like three people have denied this. This has been a foundation. People have yep. like said no to this. And I'm telling you, this is a foundation and you are ready. It's because foundations aren't sexy. They're mm-hmm. stable. But you have to have a stable foundation before you can put the sexy dressing on the house. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to have a stable foundation, you're screwed when the storm comes, fam. Like, like put, stay in, stay in your house and protect it as much as you want when the tornado comes. But if your foundation isn't good, that house isn't going to stand. And that is literally why my best friends and I created Club Devotion because we looked at women all around us in a church world that's saying, get married, get married, get married, that have no idea how to be friends with anyone that have no friends. So now they're going to be looking to a husband to fulfill all their needs. And I'm like, you don't even know how to be a friend, let alone a wife, let alone a mom. If we can start with a foundation of friendship, of sisterhood, of not 
competition, of having conflict in safe environments, then when you get into your marriage, suddenly you built a foundation in the last season that's actually going to stand you instead for the marriage. And I get it. The marriage is the sexy thing. But the stable thing is going to be, you know how to be a friend. And it's literally why we created Club Devotion because we created what we couldn't see around us. I didn't see people teaching on friendship, just people teaching on how to be a wife. And I love that for them. But let's teach people how to be friends. And too. finding your identity in Christ before you find it in literally anyone. Especially your husband. Literally. Especially your husband and your kids. When I yeah. see, we were literally just talking about this. I see all of these moms, like I can't be that mom who's like just a mom. Not that there's nothing wrong with that. Like I just, I physically well, can't do it. If you that, exactly. And but I'm not. not. And then I'm I'm hearing all these moms. They're like, so how did you like find the thing that like you want to do or that like you need to do? I'm like, I don't know. I just did other things or like I kept my hobbies or I, I found new hobbies for months or, at a time without leaving. Yeah. Like I just go out like I keep friends like and if they don't want to be friends anymore because I'm in a new season or they can't do things like I don't care. Like then we're not friends. Then that's OK. Like seasons change. Things yeah. change. And so just like accept like where you're at. Maybe you're not doing like the same things you were doing before, but like accept the season you're in and build on top of that. Like your identity isn't just having kids. You don't see that in the Bible. Your identity isn't your husband. It's it's literally with Jesus and your husband is like holding your hand. Literally. And you don't know what you're building in the foundation seasons either. So it's like, I would never been able to say yes. Well, actually my dad would have never been able to say yes. If I hadn't had said yes to starting a sermon illustration inventory. Speaking of not sexy, like, <laughs> hey, Elise, spend some time writing down your story so you've got them as an inventory in your sermons. And that's how I found out I was mm. a writer. I wouldn't even know I'm a writer if I hadn't have said yes to that, which led to me having content for people to say yes to. I would never have a show with Lightworkers had I not said yes to doing an interview with them in my home during the pandemic. They would not even know who I was had I not said yes to doing devotionals for them for three years. Had I not said yes for writing articles for them and then one day feeling God prompting me for saying, hey, if you ever want to do something on camera, I, no one knew me. I was a, I was a writer full time. Like, People don't know this. Like I wrote articles for Propel. I wrote like sermons. I wrote, I had a blog. I was never doing in front of camera stuff. I was like preaching was the only thing that I was doing on stage with a microphone. But if I hadn't had allowed that laid the foundation for so many years, writing the content that I now preach, if you don't say yes to that, you have no idea what it's building. And just like a dominoes, like when you need it, then you'll see mm. what everything was lined up. But you'll never know until you get to that moment. So if we're so scared of like, well, this isn't the thing, you're never going to get to the thing. Also, there's not yeah. a thing, <laughs> right. but that's yeah, a whole different exactly. discussion. Like, it's all a journey. Oh, I feel like we could talk to you for like four more hours. Um, but we always like to ask our guests what their silver lining is. So something good that came from something bad or challenging um, in any time frame. Does anything come to mind for you? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel like I've ever yeah. had it. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, no, I'm good, like, ah, actually. Life's just been like yeah. really rainy, you know? No, heck yeah. I'm a big silver lining fan. Um, I think uh, my dad told me, speaking of my divorce, I guess, um, my dad told me the greatest gift that my divorce gave me was my wholeness. And... Um, all of the things we've kind of been talking about today, it would be really easy to look back and be like, and I have days like that where you can still see the rain instead of the silver lining or the rainbow. Like some days the rainbow is more obvious and some days it just feels like it's raining and both are okay. I still have days where I'm like, wait, why the heck? Like, I really would love to be married like for the real time this time. Like I would really love to find my guy. 
Um, but I'm so grateful that God allowed me to walk through that season because on the other side of that season, not only could I connect with women that I never would have been able to connect with, but I didn't need to anymore because I had to walk through everything shattering and everything coming down around me for for me to actually realize that, and I really do mean this and it's such a cliche, but my worth didn't come from those things. And the reason I even cringe saying that is because we have lessened the weight of the word worth and in our Christian, Christianese culture. But for my dad to look me in the eye and say, Elise, the greatest gift that your divorce gave you was your wholeness is coming from a man that I have an amazing, my dad is one of my best friends. For him to be able to say that, he knew that the things that I walked through in my life, ministry was my worth. The green rooms I was in was my worth. The relationships and friendships and clout that I had was my worth until all of those things left me because it's amazing who stays when everything else leaves you in your life. For me to really have a season of healing those four months, um, specifically after the divorce, I went straight back to Australia for four months, went into intense rehab, um, like therapy multiple times a week. I was like summer in Australia. So I was like on a very strict, my own, I put myself on like standard Enneagram three over here. But like, I was like, if I'm going to go through this season, I'm going to have something to show for it. And coming out of that season, I had my wholeness and I actually wouldn't trade anything for it now. And so everything building a foundation of wholeness, again, maybe it's not sexy, but it kind of is now because look at you. <laughs> Cause like, what? <laughs> no, because like out of it, there is an attraction when a woman is confident in yeah. who she is. And so you didn't see the foundation that I had to build to get to this place. But when people ask me like, what is that mm. about you? It mm. came from that. Wow. That's so good. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on the yeah. podcast. Tell, tell everybody where we can find you, where they can find about club devotion all the things like my address yeah, your my personal address, address so we can talk to your neighbors yeah. upstairs yeah seven four hundred <laughs> no Elise. uh they can find me on instagram i mean i had i think i still have a website i don't know um but my instagram is kind of where everything is housed these days at elise e-l-y-s-e um, and then Club Devotion, we open new memberships every single month. Um, we open them at the very end of the month before. So head over to the Instagram and all of my links are there. All of my mental wellness stuff, all of my preaching stuff. Basically, if they go there, they can find me. Or then they can just like email me at hello at elisemurphy.com. And yeah, thank yes. you guys so much for having me. Thank this was you. awesome. Yeah, this was thank fun. you so much. All right, Shakers, thank you so much for listening. We had so much fun with Elise. She's just so full of passion and life, and it just reminds us why we're doing what we're doing. So we hope you guys felt the same. Um, Like we said at the beginning of the episode, if anybody really resonated with this, screenshot it, share it on your stories, tag us. We will be sure to reshare you. Also, feel free to reach out in our DMs whenever you have any thoughts or ideas of who you want to be on the show or even just things that we had on the show already. We love to hear from you guys. So um, if you haven't yet, you can follow us at the Salt and Pepper Podcast and you can also follow us personally at Olivia Crin and at It's Lisa Brosser. And you can also join our secret Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. There we just hang out with you guys and talk and all those fun things. Also, make sure to follow at Elise on Instagram. There you can just dive more into what she's doing and yeah, just everything she's super passionate about. So make sure and do that. It'll be in the show notes below. So I think that's it. We will shake it up with you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. 
Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.